Psalm 46, part 1 of Expositions on the Book of Psalms, volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Expositions on the Book of Psalms, volume 2, by St. Augustine of Hippo. Psalm 46, part 1. Some things, dearly beloved, I now speak to you as things well known, and upon which I ought not to dwell, for what ye know ye ought briefly to be reminded of. The sons of Korah understood we to be ourselves, for I remind you as knowing it that Korah is interpreted boldness, and that our Lord, since in the place of the bald skull he was crucified, hath drawn unto him many like that corn of wheat, which, except it die, should abide alone, and that those who are drawn unto him are called sons of Korah. Thus much in the mystery. There were indeed some sons of Korah at the time when this was first sung, but to us ought the spirit to give life, not the letter to be a veil. Let us then here understand, and see if that which followeth, that is, which the context of this psalm containeth, agreeeth with us. And here also we find ourselves, if yet we adhere to his members, whose body's head is in heaven, from that passion ascending, that those who lay in humbleness he might bring forth with him in richness, bearing fruit with patience. It is called a psalm to the end, for the sons of Korah, for things secret. Secret is it, then, but he himself, who in the place of Calvary was crucified, ye know, hath rent the veil, that the secrets of the temple might be discovered. Furthermore, since the cross of our Lord was a key, whereby things closed might be opened, let us trust that he will be with us, that these secrets may be revealed. What is said, to the end, always ought to be understood of Christ, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to every one that believeth. But the end he is called, not because he consumeth, but because he perfecteth. For ended call we food which is eaten, and ended the coat which is woven, the former to consumption, the latter to perfection. Because, then, we have not where to go farther than we have come to Christ, himself is called the end of our course. Nor ought we to think that, when we have come to him, we ought to strive any further to come also to the Father. For this thought Philip also, when he said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. When he said, It sufficeth us, he sought the end of satisfaction and perfection. Then said he, Have I been so long time with you, and hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. In him, then, we have the Father, because he is in the Father, and the Father in him, and he and his Father are one. 2. What then doth he admonish us of, who singeth that wherein we ought to recognize our own voice, if indeed we have the affection of this voice? Verse 1. Our God is a refuge and strength. There are some refuges wherein is no strength, whereto, when any fleeth, he is more weakened than strengthened. Thou fleest, for example, to someone greater in the world, 
that thou mayest make thyself a powerful friend. This seemeth to thee a refuge. Yet so great are this world's uncertainties, and so frequent grow the ruins of the powerful day to day, that when to such refuge thou art come, thou beginnest to fear more than ever therein. Before thou fearest only for thine own sake, but when with such thou hast taken refuge, thou wilt fear for him also. For many, when to such refuges they have fled, they, falling to whom they fled, have been themselves sought after, though none had sought after them, if to such they had not fled. Our refuge is not such, but our refuge is strength. When thither we have fled, we shall be firm. 3. A helper in tribulations, which find us out too much. Tribulations are many, and in every tribulation unto God we must flee, whether it be a tribulation in our estate, or in our body's health, or about the peril of those dearest to us, or any other thing necessary to the sustaining of this life. Refuge ought there to be none at all to a Christian man, other than his Saviour, other than his God, to whom, when he has fled, he is strong. For he will not in himself be strong, nor will he to himself be strength, but he will be his strength who has become his refuge. But, dearly beloved, among all tribulations of the human soul is no greater tribulation than the consciousness of sin. For if there be no wound herein, and that be sound within man which is called conscience, wherever else he may suffer tribulation, thither will he flee, and there find God. But if in this there be no rest through abundance of iniquity, because God is not even there, what shall man do, whither shall he flee, when he hath begun to suffer tribulations? He will flee from the field to the city, from public to his house, from his house to his chamber, yet follows tribulation. From his chamber he hath no more whither to flee, except into his chamber within. Furthermore, if therein be tumult, if the smoke of iniquity, if the flame of wickedness, thither can he not flee. He is driven thence, and when thence he is driven, he is driven from himself. And so he hath found his enemy whither he fled, whither shall he from himself escape? Whithersoever he fleeth, he draweth after himself, and whithersoever such he draweth himself, he tormenteth himself by his very self. These are the tribulations which find a man out too much, for more bitter there are none. So surely are there none more bitter, as there are none more inward. Ye see, dearly beloved, when trees are cut down and proved by the carpenters, sometimes in the surface they seem as though injured and rotten, but the carpenter looks into the inner marrow, as it were, of the tree. And if within he find the wood sound, he promises that it will last in a building. Nor will he be very anxious about the injured surface, when that which is within he declares sound. Furthermore, to man, anything more inward than conscience is not found. What then profits it, if what is without is sound, and the marrow of conscience has become rotten? These are close and vehement overmuch, and, as this psalm saith, two great tribulations. Yet even in these the Lord hath become a helper by forgiving sin. For the consciences of the ungodly hateth nothing save indulgence. For if one saith he hath great tribulations, being a confessed debtor to the treasury, when he beholdeth the narrowness of his estate, and seeth that he cannot be solvent, 
if on account of the distrainers every year hanging over him he saith that he suffereth great tribulations and doth not breathe freely except in hope of indulgence and that in things earthly how much more the debtor of penalties out of the abundance of sins when shall he pay what he oweth out of his evil conscience when if he pay he perisheth for to pay his debt is to undergo the penalties remaineth then that of his indulgence we may be secure yet so that indulgence received we return not again to contract debts four these sons of korah then haply are understood to be those to whom spake peter in the acts of the apostles when they were intent upon the marvels of the coming of the holy spirit when all on whom he had come spake with all tongues for he preached unto them as the christ him who would do such things by sending his holy spirit they considering him whom they had crucified with their own hands how contemptible he was when he was being slain how high and exalted before god he had become that with his spirit he should fill the foolish and make infants tongues eloquent being pricked in their hearts said what shall we do these were the two great tribulations which had found them out for they had not found out their sins but the sins were found out in them by the warning of the apostles so tribulations found them out they found not out tribulations for when without any one's warning man himself considereth his deeds and asketh god what saith he i found trouble and sorrow then i called upon the name of the lord thus there is one tribulation which thou findest out another which findeth thee out but in both whether that which findeth thee out or that which thou findest out that both he may repel he is to be asked who is a helper in tribulations for even he when he found said this then i called upon the name of the lord and these in tribulations by which they said that they were found out said this god is our refuge and strength a helper in tribulations which have found us out too much but now that a helper he has become whereby has he become so being pricked in their hearts it saith they said what shall we do as though in great desperation he is so great whom we slew we where shall we be and peter repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of jesus christ for the remission of sins for nothing more grievous than this sin could they think of what more grievous sin in the sick man than the slaying the physician what more grievous can the sick man do than to kill his own physician when this is remitted what is not remitted from him then of whom is said refuge and strength receive they great security be baptized every one of you in the name of the lord jesus christ in his name whom ye slew be baptized and your sins are remitted you the physician even after have ye recognized now securely drink ye the blood which ye shed five now then such security received what say they verse two therefore we will not fear when the earth shall be confounded just before anxious suddenly secure out of two great tribulations set in great tranquillity for in them christ was sleeping therefore were they tossed christ awoke as but now we heard out of the gospel he commanded the winds and they were still since christ is in each man's heart by faith it is signified to us 
that his heart, as a ship in this world's tempest is tossed, who forgetteth his faith, as though Christ sleeping it is tossed, but Christ awaking cometh tranquillity. Nay, the Lord himself, what said he? Where is your faith? Christ aroused, aroused up faith, that what had been done in the ship might be done in their hearts. A helper in tribulations which found us out too much, he caused that therein should be great tranquillity. 6. See what tranquillity? Therefore we will not fear when the earth shall be confounded and the mountains shall be carried into the heart of the sea. Then we shall not fear. Let us seek mountains carried, and if we can find, it is manifest that this is our security. The Lord truly said to his disciples, If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and it shall be done. Haply to this mountain, he said of himself, for he is called a mountain. It shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord shall be manifest. But this mountain is placed above other mountains, because the apostles also are mountains, supporting this mountain. Therefore followeth, in the last days the mountain of the Lord shall be manifest, established in the top of the mountains. Therefore passeth it the tops of all mountains, and on the top of all mountains is it placed, because the mountains are preaching the mountain. But the sea signifieth this world, in comparison of which sea, like earth, seemed the nation of the Jews. For it was not covered over with the bitterness of idolatry, but, like dry land, was surrounded with the bitterness of the Gentiles, as with sea. It was to be that the earth be confounded, that is, the nation of the Jews, and that the mountains be carried into the heart of the sea, that is, first that great mountain established in the top of the mountains. For he deserted the nation of the Jews and came among the Gentiles. He was carried from the earth into the sea. Who carrying him? The apostles to whom he had said, If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and it shall be done. That is, through your most faithful preaching it shall come to pass, that this mountain, that is I myself, be preached among the Gentiles, be glorified among the Gentiles, be acknowledged among the Gentiles, and that be fulfilled which was predicted of me. A people whom I have not known shall serve me. But when were those mountains also carried? This too declareth to us the scripture of God. When the apostle preached to the Jews, they rejected the word, and then said the apostle Paul, We were sent unto you, but seeing ye put from you the word of God, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. The mountains were carried into the heart of the sea. For the Gentiles truly believed the mountains, so that in the heart of the sea were those mountains, not as the Jews, of whom it was said, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoureth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. For this also of the New Testament doth the Lord promise, saying by the prophet, I will put my law in their inward parts, and write it in their hearts. This law, these commandments by the apostles, introduced into the faith and creed of all Gentiles, were called mountains, carried into the heart of the sea. Therefore we will not fear. Who will not fear? We who are pricked in heart, lest we be in the number of the reprobate Jew, as of branches broken off. 
for some even of them believed and adhered to the apostles' preaching. Fear, then, they whom the mountain deserted. We from the mountains have not retired, and when they were carried into the sea, we followed. 7. Now what follows from this, that the mountains are carried into the heart of the sea? Attend and see the truth. For when first this was spoken, it was obscure, because it had not then come to pass. But now, who doth not acknowledge it already done? Thy book be the page divine, that thou mayest hear this. Thy book be the whole world, that thou mayest see it. In those books none read it, save they who know letters. In the whole world may read even a simple one. What then was done when the mountains were carried into the heart of the sea? Verse 3. The waters thereof roared and were troubled. When the gospel was preached, What is this? He seemeth to be a setter forth of strange gods. This the Athenians. But the Ephesians, with what tumult would they have slain the apostles, when in the theatre, for their goddess Diana, they made such an uproar as to be shouting, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. Amidst which waves and roaring of the sea, feared not they who to that refuge had fled. Nay, the apostle Paul would enter into that theatre, and was kept back by the disciples, because it was necessary that he should still abide in the flesh for their sakes. But yet the waters thereof roared and were troubled, the mountains shook at the mightiness thereof. Whose might? The seas? Or rather gods, of whom was said, Refuge and strength, a helper in tribulations, which have found us out too much. For shaken were the mountains, that is, the powers of this world. For one thing are the mountains of God, another the mountains of the world. The mountains of the world, they whose head is the devil, the mountains of God, they whose head is Christ. But by these mountains were shaken those mountains. Then gave they their voices against Christians when the mountains were shaken, the waters roaring. For the mountains were shaken, and there was made a great earthquake with quaking of the sea. But against whom this? Against the city founded upon a rock. The waters roar, the mountains shake, the gospel being preached. What then, the city of God? Hear what followeth. End of Psalm 46, Part 1